Welcome to Double I Show Fantasy Island Fantasy Football Edition. I'm Sweet T. I will be your ringmaster for this three ring circus today. With me, I got RW King and Bombo. Fellas, how the hell are you today? Hey, what's up, T? Good. What's going on, guys? All right, guys. So right now we're going to go ahead and get into it a little bit. Today we're going to go ahead and go into our He Did What? Now, guys, this week was kind of hard because there was a lot of guys that kind of had big days. A lot of guys popping off, but let's talk about the elephant in the room. That elephant's being Josh Jacobs. I mean, this guy had a career high, 229 yards rushing, two tutties, seven catches for 74 yards. This guy had a hell of a game. Monster. What do you guys think about his performance and what he did? The Raiders are really trying to find their groove as far as giving him the ball. And having him bail them out of situations, if the Raiders keep feeding him the way they're feeding him and he performs the way we've seen him perform when he gets the carries, we're probably looking at the RB1 for the rest of the season going forward. No, I mean, I I agree. This guy's having a monster year. We all bet on him. We knew he was going to do that. But I think the bigger issue here, guys, and I think we're going to have to start talking about it close to the end of the year, is they didn't re-sign him. Mm -hmm. They didn't re-sign him because they don't have money. So I don't know if they can re-sign him. So I think their plan sort of backfired on their ass. You know what I mean? To me, I'd probably try to get him before the season a little bit cheaper and not feed him the ball a hundred times a game so that he blows up. And now you got to pay him. You know, you got to figure it out somehow. And I don't know if they can do that. I think that's going to be the difficulty for the Raiders, you know, because they didn't lock him up and they, they let him play this fifth year out. So... I don't know, man. I don't know where he'll be next year, but man, this boy's running hard. And no joke, he just fucking called game at the end of that overtime and said, fucking, I'm tired of this shit. Yeah. 86 yards to the house. See you later. And I mean, he's the real deal, man. And he's he's playing through it this year. He's getting nicked up. He's playing. He, he's showing a lot, man. So Josh Jacobs is definitely a monster this week. Big time king. Actually, I was going to say, too, the other thing is I had this guy. I, I do have him in one of my leagues, and I'd even play him this past week. Of all weeks, I didn't play him. And I just thought that coming off of that hamstring issue, that they were going to kind of just be a little bit more conservative with the way that they played him. I knew that they would play him, but I didn't think they'd be playing him all that hard. So for me, I just thought I'd go a little conservative and just put him on the bench this week. And then probably, you know, week 13, he would blow up. But damn, was I wrong. Yeah. And King, you mentioned it earlier in the year. He's doing what Saquon's doing. Saquon's another guy that wasn't paid that everyone was wondering what's going to happen with him. These guys were on some show and prove it and they're showing and prove it. And I think when it comes down to it, I think we've been so used to seeing like this running back by committee on a lot of teams and a lot of offenses having success with that, that we forget what some of these studs can do if you give them 25 carries a game. And Saquon is showing that. Josh Jacobs, right, Bombo? Some of these guys, yeah, some of these guys just need a rhythm. Yeah. They just got to get into a rhythm and, and be, in, be in the committee. Like you were saying, they just can't get in a rhythm. And I think a lot of these guys now are getting in that rhythm. You know what I mean? That's, that's why these guys who carry the ball so much are successful. Yeah, sure, they have more opportunities, but they're able to fucking feel the game better. You know, not just 10 carries worth. But All right, guys. So let's go ahead and get into our next guy over here. We got another running back, Miles Sanders, 143 yards rushing and two tutties. Guys, this is what we've been waiting for all year from this guy. We know he's capable of this. 
We know he's done it before in the past when they give him that rock. Speaking of rhythms, guy, we, I mean, exactly what we were just saying right now. Same thing that you said, Bombo. Same thing that King said. We keep preaching this. They just don't give him the rock enough, especially in the way that offense and the way that they roll. And what happens when you do? Look at the type of day that he had. I mean, this guy, he can do this for you, probably not every week, but damn where close to it. You know, he could probably get close to 100 yards a week rushing and at least one tutty. What say you guys? Yeah, he's benefiting a lot off of offenses trying to scheme to get to try to handle Jalen Hurts. Because Miles Sanders, if there's one thing that's Miles Sanders is, it's really inconsistent. It's not Miles Sanders' talent fault. It's more the play calling and what gets in a rhythm. Because I know we've spoke about it in previous shows. Like the the Eagles, they have a lot of fantasy monsters on that team, but can they all ball out at the same time? Because I want to say this past week that Miles Sanders balled out, that Devontae Smith went just disappeared on that on that team. AJ Brown had a bad fumble. He redeemed himself with a touchdown right before the half. But yeah, it's it's either Jalen Hurts and one other guy. And sometimes it's Miles Sanders, sometimes it's another guy, because Miles Sanders is coming off of two duds two weeks in a row. So if this if this trend continues, then expect him to have two more duds and then ball out for you in the playoffs. Yeah, we, I think you know the same sort of thing we gotta remember is almost like the Buffalo Bills effect, right? Jalen Hurts is gonna take up the carries of another running back. So you look at like the guys that they have Gainwell and Boston Scott in the past years who were getting a little bit more run, that's gone this year. These guys are just spelling Miles Sanders, but I think the game flow is dictating what's happening. The other thing that's going to dictate a lot more running now is weather, guys. Right? I don't say necessarily that any of these past couple weeks games, but going forward in the season, now's the time that you start running the ball because they can't throw. It's harder to throw and riskier to throw because of the elements. So I think we're going to see a big trend up the last few weeks. Remember, guys, I mean, we got to figure out what's going on with this team in the next couple of weeks. Playoffs for the for fantasy start in a couple of weeks. And it's sort of hard when these guys like Bombo said, you know, yeah, you could take Jalen Hurts, but who else? Even A.J. Brown, he's not an every week start. I got one point out of that motherfucker a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? He had one catch for seven yards. So, yeah, I think Bombo hit the nail on the head. To me, I think that's sort of what is sort of keeping – hurts from that elite category right now is because he can't support all these guys. He can't support more than one other guy and himself. You know what I mean? So until that thing starts getting a better rhythm, you know, I think then that's when he'll take off. That's an excellent point there, King. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and go into our last guy here. And really, I mean, this is the type of game that a lot of people are pointing to and saying, this is why he was drafted number one overall. And that guy's Trevor Lawrence, 321 yards, three tutties. Now, he's already had a couple games where he's had three tutties before. But this week was kind of just a little bit extra. He hasn't thrown for that many passing yards and three tutties. So he really did have himself a game. And this is the type of game, a complete game that everybody had been wanting from him for a while, especially under this new coach. So... What do you guys think about this week's performance and, you know, going forward, just fantasy wise, well, how do you guys think the, he's going to be able words. to do and can he keep that up? You're, you're missing the best part of the whole game. You talked about his tutties, his complete game, but the best thing out of this, they got to fucking win. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's true. And obviously I got stakes in Trevor Lawrence because I really thought he would do better this year under Peterson. I just thought they'd air it out a little bit more, but they're, 
offense is limited at the receiving core because they just don't have a deep threat. They really don't. And it's evident. And that's why they traded for Calvin Ridley. Their team's going to be ridiculous next year. I'm just saying, guys. But back to this year, it's if you watch probably, I will say, I'm going to say four or five games this year, guys. He had the same opportunity he had on this game. The last drive to go down, you know, put his stats over in that fucking elite category for the week, get the touchdown for the win, and he never came through. He didn't come through in four or five attempts earlier this year. He'd either get picked, they'd get penalties, he fourth down and 20 on his own 20-yard line, and he's got to throw a Hail Mary kind of thing. So this week sort of showed a little bit of maturation. I think the thing that especially was... I guess I eye raising or eyebrow raising to me, he did all that without Etienne. Etienne got hurt in the game. So Etienne's been a big part of their offense and handing that guy the ball can get you 20 yards a pop. And he didn't have that. And he went in that last drive with 230 yards passing or something, got a couple big penalties in that last drive and he overcame them. Ended up with over 300 and threw another touchdown. And then Peterson's like, fuck it, let's go for the two pointer. I mean, this team's good, and they're going to be getting good. And that's the thing, right, we got to look at. It's not just the fact that, oh, they only got four or five wins this year. Next year, they'll double that. And the year after that, they're in the playoffs, and now they're a contender for as long as this guy's playing. And that's how it works. But Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. Yeah, they put the game in his hands, and they didn't go away from that. And if you – we're watching any of the post-game footage. A lot of guys in that locker room are really rallying behind Trevor Lawrence and Peterson. They like where they're going. And from a fantasy purpose, right now, if you're a streamer or you're someone that lost Justin Fields and you pick up Trevor Lawrence, you should ride the wave. We always talk about following that that ascending arrow. And right now, his stock's up because I think he's just playing with more moxie. Like he's definitely, he can win games now. And they beat the Baltimore Ravens, right? Like this not, it wasn't, he didn't go in there and beat up on the Texans. He beat a playoff caliber team, and he did it in dramatic fashion. I'm not going to cut you off, Bombo, but that's a great point. Baltimore's D's been balling out yeah. the last three weeks, dude. Yeah, excellent points, guys. You know, and you know, I got to say, <coughs> this kid is going to be exciting. He, there is a reason why he went number one overall. There's a lot of debate on whether or not. You know, Justin Fields should have went number one overall. I don't know if you guys see a lot of these redrafts that are going on right now, and they got Fields over Lawrence right now. So I think those two guys coming out of that draft, they're going to be exciting for years to come, especially fantasy-wise. So, all right, I'm going to go ahead and move on. I'm going to move on over to... Before you move on, T, I'd like to make a comment. Now, just listen to the other day. I was listening to my sports radio. My shout-out, Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. I love Freddie Coleman. And he was talking about elite quarterbacks and basically when he broke it down and it was an interesting piece. And he basically said, really, in reality, there's only really one elite quarterback in the NFL now. And that's Patrick Mahomes. You look at guys like Lamar Jackson, you look at guys even like Aaron Rodgers, two-time MVP. These guys aren't up there because they're not carrying their teams the way they should. And he said, okay, if you asked me last year, you probably put Lamar on there and you probably put Aaron Rodgers on there. But then they started talking about all these young and up and comers. And the two guys he talked about the most were Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. 
And he said those teams in the next two years, he believes, are going to be Super Bowl contenders just because of those two guys. And it's not necessarily what they bring on the field. It's off. He's not wrong. Oh, yeah, their leadership. But, I mean, even on the field and what they bring on the field, too. I mean, if we just got to look at what the Bears look like with Trevor Simeon and without Justin Fields. And Simeon did it for, what, half of a game? He was decent. But then after the wheels just kind of fell off. But that game, that team wasn't the same without Justin Fields there. He got hurt in pregame. <laughs> He did get, he just got hurt in warmups. Absolutely. How the fuck does that happen, dog? Come on, dude. I'll I'll even throw it out there like this. Right now, if you were to take the Commanders, the Colts, and the Rams and had Trevor Lawrence as their starting quarterback, they would be leading their divisions right now. Possibly. I think the Rams are a mess on their offensive line. Trevor Lawrence would be running for his life. Running for his life now. He's running for his life right now. He is now right now, too, so. Hey, but it, it's it's like they said, right? They had to pay Peter to pay Paul or steal from Peter to pay Paul. Now Peter's coming yep. knocking, dude. You know what I mean? That's right. what's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wants his no. Pay me, motherfucker. Hey, fuck you. Pay me. All right, guys. I'm going to go ahead and move on to the who the fuck. Now, guys, everybody knows that the who the fuck this week, it's going to be breaking down guys that had huge fantasy days or big fantasy days but they don't really help anybody because they're not on anybody's roster. Or if they are, they're just sitting there. These are backups. These are guys that you, you're not even playing if they are rostered at all. So I'm going to go ahead and lead it off with Mike White, or as King and I like to say, White Mike. Mm. He had 315 yards passing and three tutties against Chicago. Guys, what do you guys think of that performance and how that fantasy hurt anybody okay well at least give me a heads up that you're gonna throw for 300 and three touchdowns in the pouring rain i'll pick your ass up and play you how the fuck would i know this guy's gonna do that come on man i mean come on well, he's playing he, chicago's deep you know yeah it doesn't matter it was pouring rain this fucker did that in pouring rain guys i mean i'm curious to see what's gonna happen to him this weekend and I'm still, I, I mean, I picked him up in a couple leagues, but I still don't know. Well, I don't know. What say you, Bombo? Because I'm a little fucked up on this guy. I just think it might have been like, he's good. He came out of Western Kentucky. You know who who succeeded him at Western Kentucky? Was Bailey Zappi. Oh. The guy in New England right little now. Brady. Yeah, yeah little, little, Brady. Brady. little Zappy. Yeah, little Zappy, dog. He was the guy right behind Mike White at Western Kentucky. So they're putting out some fucking pro quarterbacks, dog. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing over there, but I mean, what do you guys say? I mean, I don't know what to think about him yet. Well, I mean, I think the, the number one thing that contributed to Mike White's success and the Jets' success against the Bears was everybody on that team's been waiting for something to change. And when Salah said, I'm going ahead. I'm just, I'm going to bench the kid. I'm going to bench Zach Wilson. Everybody was like, well, it's about time. Now you're doing it. Do you see Elijah Moore was out there smiling? Elijah Moore caught a touchdown out of nowhere. And T was talking to me about it earlier. They just looked like they, they were having fun and that they were rallying around. And everything that Mike White did, the team was going nuts on the sidelines. Every time he succeeded, he was getting so many high fives. And it's just infectious. Like that type of environment just is is good for winning. And the Jets are not the Jets' Jets. Like the, the what was keeping the Jets as the Jets was Zach Wilson at quarterback. And now that they have some competency back there, 
and some confidence behind the kid. Hey man, Mike might might have been that that shot in the arm that they needed. I mean, they were even doing looking pretty good with Flacco. I'm not gonna lie. No, I agree. Yeah, and you I, know, I thought they should have went back to Flacco. You know, I'm, I'll let you go, T. I'll let you go in a minute. But I mean, you guys nailed it, right? It was just like everyone was playing so hard, and then it just sort of came easy for everybody. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I get one game, but what do you guys think is going to happen in the next couple of weeks? Is he going to continue this? Are we going to see the real guy come in? Because you know what? Now teams are going to fuck up and do different stuff to him. He's going to see different defenses now. Yeah. Yeah. To your point there, King, it's going to be kind of tough because he's going up against Minnesota. And so that's going to be a little bit hard. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do against a team like Minnesota. He can throw. But I will Minnesota. say this. He can yeah, throw I, Minnesota. These are the kind of games can. Minnesota he loses. In the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's going to yeah, be a yeah, shootout yeah. kind of about, game. Yeah. You know. But I mean, but I, I will say he's this: he's trending up, and he's probably going to go playoffs. But I don't know if how they would do there. But man, if this kid just starts rolling, dude, fuck, it's another one. What are they going to do with Zach Wilson? What are they going to do? Cut him. They can't cut him. Cut him. They've already paid yeah, they him for four years. No, they can't. So here's the thing: they'd have to trade. And I heard an analyst talking about him, and it was like a former quarterback, and he was saying, "Look, if you look at the two guys." Zach Wilson is the better athlete. He has a bigger arm. He can run better. But when you look at everything, Mike White is the better quarterback. He's more efficient. He plays the position the way it's supposed to be played. He plays it better than Wilson, especially between the ears. So I just think that he's the type of quarterback that this team is built for and what they need. And it's kind of obvious these guys rally behind it. So I'm really happy to see the type of day that he had. No, no, I get it. And just think of it too, right? I mean, they're all coming from the San Francisco based offense, even though Sala's defensive guy, look at the offense they're running. It's a San Francisco based offense. So you don't need a stud at quarterback. You need all your fucking position players catching the ball five, 10 yards in stride, get it to them on time in the right spot. Like Jimmy G and these guys will just fucking take off. 100%. They, they'd have to trade Zach yeah. Wilson, though, guys, and, right? I mean, they can't, they can't. And they've done it with Sam Darnold. They've done it with Geno Smith. Like, they'll 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 do that. And just so everybody understands. Geno yeah, Smith got his yeah. jaw broken yeah. over there. Just so everybody understands. Yeah, no, I know. But, yeah, I mean. We're, we're not saying. Who would take him? Who would, who would take Zach Wilson? The Panthers. Carolina. Yeah. That's the first thing that, first thing that yeah. came to mind. Right. Sam Darnold. First thing that I gets, thought of too, bro. They take the dude, Jets retreat. Sam Darnold one, Sam anybody. Darnold two. Yeah. Yeah. They, they'll take anybody, guys. They're just so desperate to find anything. Mm hmm. Yeah. Ah, that's sad. Houston? Yeah. Houston's. No, because Houston's going to draft the best quarterback. But I mean, but Sam. And then I heard. Yeah. Houston's going to draft the best quarterback. Well, I heard a conspiracy theory out of Houston already. That they're not going to take a quarterback this year because they want Caleb Williams. Oh. So they're going to take like a tackle or something really? else that doesn't make their team that much better. And they're going to win two or three games again next year. And they have Caleb Williams. The, the Maybe Jags trade approach. out then. They're going mm -hmm. that Jags yeah. approach. Yeah, they got their guy. Mm -hmm. They got their guy. Yeah, they were happy, man. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and move this forward, and we're going to go to the next guy on our list. And we got this week Zay Jones, who had 14 catches for 145 yards. There was a Zay Jones sighting, guys. I mean, when was the last time this guy had over 100 yards in a single game? 
fucking 2019. Mm. I mean, no, maybe, maybe last year with the Raiders, but I mean, he's really been underperforming there. And that was just a great game for him. He stepped up. Christian Kirk's catching the double team every week. Mm-hmm. So someone else has to step up there. Marvin Jones caught a late tutty, which was a great catch. Great fucking dime thrown to him over the top shoulder. But these guys are just amazing. And Zay Jones, great game. Yeah, I think he's filler right now. Getting used to the, like, it's going to be similar routes that Calvin Ridley's going to be running next year, except it's going to be done with a little bit more speed and a little bit more efficiency. But Zay Jones doing what he's got to do, right? Like he he came through for the Raiders last year in certain spots, and he's he's proven to be a big play wide receiver. He's just not a consistent wide receiver. That's why he's on the list and where we're talking about him right now. Because it's if you start at Zay Jones, you're either you in a deep you? league. Or you're hurt and hurt. Or you guys, yeah, are, all or you guys are all fucked <laughs> yeah, up. You're so fucking hurt. You started him. Yeah. That, I mean, or you drafted no. like well, shit. They'll, they'll keep Zay Jones, right? I mean, he's yeah. good enough. Mm-hmm. You, you need more than two receivers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, he'll he, be the number three. He's a great third receiver. Shit, he was a number one oh, yeah. in Vegas last year. Yeah. He was the number one in Vegas last year. So, yeah, I mean, he's a great three receiver. So I think they'll keep him. He's good. Yeah. Say, I think the old man's probably going to get fucking out next year, Marvin Jones, but. All right, guys, so I got two more to go. Next guy on the list, Christian Watson. Six catches, 110 yards receiving, and a tutty. This guy keeps getting it done over there. Yeah, he has more touchdowns right now than, I want to say, Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, first round, second round wide receivers. He's Right now, he's borderline on this list because there's some people that probably did start him, but it's really like down the middle because – everyone's taking a wait and see approach on this whole offense. And that's including Aaron Jones. And that's including Aaron Rodgers, where these guys were set it and forget it since, since, I mean, as far back as we can remember, these are set it and forget it players right now. There's no one that you can say for sure. You can put into your lineup that plays for green Bay and they're going to produce first round pick numbers, right? Aaron Jones, isn't going to do that. They're too spotty. Somehow, um, AJ Dillon has just disappeared from that offense. Even when they try to get him involved, it just seems out of place. And then you had flashes from Lazard. They still sprinkle in Randall Cobb, but it seems like Christian Watson is becoming the constant there just for big plays. Like he's just, be, he's, he was what they were hoping MVS was going to turn into and he didn't. That's why they let him go. And he even caught a big one when Jordan Love came in. So I think, are we now saying that Christian Watson is a must start as the, we're not going to say the wide receiver one, but the fantasy playmaker for that offense. Is he must start now? I don't know if he's must start. I'll tell you this, though. I'd probably start his ass if I had a piece of him if Jordan Love is playing. Because mm. Jordan Love is looking to him at all yeah. points. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's a difference yeah. of quarterback, guys. Who who throws to him? And I'll give you a perfect example. Curtis Samuel gets two targets a game since Heineke's been in there because he's throwing the fucking ball to the best receiver on the team, McLaurin who was getting no looks from Carson Wentz mm-hmm. and Samuel was getting them all. Now they're winning because your best players getting the ball more. So it's the same sort of thing who this guy likes. I'm just saying guys, I mean, to me, I mean, it's just, it's Christian Watson has 22 receptions on the fucking year, six touchdowns. <laughs> he had five or six receptions in the last game to make the 22. So this guy has it. They picked a home run. It's just you, he had a, he didn't he have a concussion earlier in the year set him back mm-hmm. a little bit. He had some hammy issues. He's had a lot of him back. 
that's what's setting that guy back. He's not helping this kid. He didn't go to OTAs. He didn't do none of that shit. Who was there? Jordan yeah. Love. A much improved Jordan Love, who looked pretty fucking good to me. Yeah. He did look sharp. You know what I mean? So to me, I'd be fucking worried if I was Aaron Rodgers. And you know what? Yeah, it's a time to retire, bitch. Because you suck and no one likes you. But if, if Jordan Love plays, I'm starting Christian Watson. And you remember the beginning of the year... I know that we do a lot of bashing on this show of Aaron Rodgers, but the the truth of the matter is, not enough of that goes down in like on ESPN and all these other major outlets. They were trying to make it seem like the tough love approach for the young receivers was like Aaron Rodgers somehow doing them a favor, right? Like, oh, everyone had to earn it. Like Devontae Adams as a rookie didn't become Devontae Adams. He had to earn it. Jordy Nelson had to earn it. But the reality is, if you target your most athletic receiver, yeah, he might drop a few. But if you keep throwing to him and he catches a few, Christian Watson is what you end up with. You end up with a guy that has two like catches, two touchdowns, and 150 yards. Right, exactly. We had one catch yeah. and he just outran everybody for mm-hmm. 60, 65 yards, whatever it was. He's doing Gabe Davis. And these guys had the angle on He's doing a Gabe Davis. Yeah. Gabe, yeah. Gabe, Actually, he's probably more athletic because yeah. he catches more across. But the there's middle. sometimes, like, I mean, you've seen it. You've seen it, King. Gabe Davis will catch it and he'll just hit him in his chest and fall down. Unless it's for 75, unless it's a 75 yard <laughs> bomb and it's like, oh, all right, there you go. That's what we needed to do. How about a 98-yard yeah. bomb? Yeah, exactly. But, don't, but you, know, you know what I mean? 15-yard slant, and dude just hits him in his chest and third down. He fucking falls on the ground <laughs> on his ass. No, I know, dude. But, yeah. I, I mean, uh, Christian Watson's going to be good. I just think, again, and we talked about it last week with Justin Jefferson or last show, his issue isn't Justin Jefferson or his offense. It's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is never going to win a Super Bowl. Fuck no. Fuck no. I bet a million dollars if I had it right now that he'd never win one in his career. It's the same thing here. Aaron Rodgers is a douche. We've said it a hundred times. We've used the word douche a hundred times. This dude sucks. At this point of his career, he's still decent, but he just, like you said, he's so full of himself. He's not helping these kids. And fuck the tough love. Fuck that tough love, man. Help these guys out. It's on you too. Yeah. It's gonna, and that's what's going to be his legacy, guys. Mm-hmm. Just saying. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on to our last guy. And I thought this guy was retired. I thought this guy was even out of the league. Who knows? I guess he's still with us. DJ Moore. And I only say that because nobody's said anything about him all year long. We haven't talked about him really. When we do talk about him, it was during the divisionals. We were saying, okay, this guy is quarterback proof and this and that until he ran into Baker Mayfield. And, you know, it's been a mess there. But then Sam Darnold comes back, guys. And yes, Sam Darnold's not going to light anything up. He only had 164 yards passing. But guess what? DJ Moore had 103 yards receiving. That means only 61 (laughs) yards went to everybody else. So DJ Moore had 103 yards and a tutty. He had a good game for him. That's the first time he's had that type of game all season long. What do you guys say about that? And what do you guys think about Sam Darnold throwing to him now? Go for it, Bob. Yeah. Because I'm going to lie. Uh, so you know how we were talking about earlier about uh, running backs need to get into a rhythm. Here's the issue. 
they're throwing a DJ more like when just as as the game goes on, maybe this is the right spot to, to throw to him. They should be targeting this guy 15 times a game, throwing it to him 50, 20 times a game just because he produces results. But for some reason, Carolina, and I, and I get it, they're trying to get Steve Wilkes that. But, you know, get, they got to start going away from all these other things that they're trying to do and just go with a bread and butter and. And you, you're right, T. Switching out quarterbacks doesn't help. I mean, I know that P.J. Walker was playing inspired and P.J. Walker was getting him the ball in some shootouts. But those are more like Atlanta and Tampa playing really bad and Carolina just taking advantage of, of really bad matchups. I want to say Tampa's whole secondary was jacked up when they beat them in that Atlanta game. They were missing two corners and a safety. And that you know how that game turned out. But anytime that they're like in in some sort of like dog fight with a team, they go away from that bed and bread and butter and just over targeting DJ Moore and they try to get cute with it and they end up getting either winning a really bad one or losing badly. I don't have any faith in Sam Darnold resurrecting DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore yeah, for real, right? Right. <laughs> well, come on, well, it's it's Sam Darnold. I, it's more I think DJ Moore right now is like a landmine in your lineup if you put him in there because you're looking at it and you're like at the end of your week and you realize you did not hit anywhere near projection. It's going to be because DJ Moore got you three points in a, in your wide receiver two spot. And that's that's just sad how it is. Look, yeah. look man, it, it's really simple, guys. I got five words to sum this whole thing up. Get the fuck out, <laughs> DJ. That's it, dude. Just get the fuck out of there. That, that fucking whole thing's a mess. This guy sucks. I how many fuck I got so much shares of this guy. I let him ride for 8 weeks. He's on my bench and he blows up like this. What the fuck? Get the fuck out, DJ. Go somewhere good, dude. Yeah. Cuz you know what, dude, you're good enough. Don't fucking get locked into that shit. I'm just saying, man. Get the fuck out. And at the time when they were, when that got traded off. I was hearing people were throwing offers, throwing offers for DJ Moore. And they were just flat out rejecting him. Like, no, no, no. He's a building block. Like, hey, man, you must have do, done a really good job of convincing him to be, to not just come out and just demand a trade. They've either told him. Well, it's ego, right? It's ego. Mm-hmm. If you got, if you have an NFL organization telling you you're our guy, we're building this offense around you. Oh, his fucking nuts just swelled up, dude. That's human nature. I'd be sitting there with the Woody hey, for hey, sure. King, imagine, Fuck imagine yeah. the GM comes to you as a, as a star wide receiver and says, "Hey, we got some great plans for you. All we got to do is find you a quarterback." <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? And, and you know, and you're and, okay, but it's sort of on him because you're thinking just the history. He's been there four years already, and your best quarterback was fucking a dusty old Cam Newton, yeah. right? I mean. With a fucking broken shoulder. So, I don't know, man. And who the fuck, what the fuck, get the fuck out, DJ. When Zach Wilson's throwing to him next year, hopefully we can see a resurgence in DJ Moore's fantasy output. Zach Wilson have a great first game, dog. DJ Moore will blow up and then That's nothing it. the rest That's of the it. year. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how this shit goes. But, yeah, fuck it. All right, guys. So, that's going to go ahead and wrap us up for today. Hopefully... Everybody kind of got something out of this one and uh, had a lot of fun with this just the way that we did. I wonder if everybody agreed with the way that we broke this one down. Anyway, for the Double I Show Fantasy Island, I'm Sweet T and we are out.